0: It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Teresa. And I'm Amy. We are two ordinary moms looking for inspiration
0: wherever we can find it. So, what's new and exciting?
1: I'm excited for the clocks to move forward next weekend. Oh. I then we'll lose an hour of sleep, but still, it'll be light longer. That's nice, um, yeah. My mom knitted me an adorable little beanie. I'll have to wear That's it maybe cute. this week for a run. What color? before color? It's cream. Oh, I love a that. taupe. Kind yeah. of okay. in between a taupe and a cream, but
0: Pretty. Um,
1: yeah, super cute. cute hat, and we went to my nephew's performance of James and the Giant Peach, oh. and he killed it. Yay. So kind of nice getting some family time and little normalcy right i love it you will love this there's a young lady in detroit who's trying to keep non-recyclable chip bags out of landfills and helping the homeless at the same time
0: wow i know super cool
1: Erin DeJerry, Olita is a 26-year-old student, an environmentalist, who started the Chip Bag Project. Oh. She gets chip bag donations, sanitizes them with hot soapy water. They're then sliced open, ironed together, and then they add padding and liners from upcycled coats
0: okay yeah so
1: keeping another item out of landfills the sleeping bags are easy to carry around they're lightweight and relatively waterproof because oh, of the the chip right. bags each sleeping bag takes about 150 to 300 chip bags and because they can also do the mini size single serve size okay and the big size so um, it's
0: kind um, of like it's
1: like a quilt yeah it totally cool. is yeah it takes about four hours for the volunteers to sew one since they started in 2020, so relatively new. Wow. The Chip Bag Project has collected more than 800,000 bags. And as of December 2021, they've made 110 sleeping bags to share. Oh, so
0: awesome. I just think
1: that's super cool from an environmental standpoint. Yeah. And she's also trying to help the homeless. And speaking of helping the homeless, I was reading about a family that had walked by a shelter in Salt Lake City last Christmas and asked what they were serving for their Christmas dinner. They replied that they were serving peanut butter and jelly sandwiches like every other day. So James quickly asked if it would be all right if his family brought them dinner. Aww. Of course, they said yes. Once they knew they could, the Quigleys ordered 200 meals from the local Denny's. Wow! His two sons, Seth, who's 16, and Adam, who is 12, they headed back at 7 that night to deliver the 200 meals that they had ordered. 150 of them were turkey meals and 50 of them were ham. Not only did they feed all the residents of the rescue mission of Salt Lake City, but they were also able to pass out extras to homeless people on the street. Oh, my goodness. So these guys just, you know, doing good stuff on Christmas for people that would have just had peanut butter and jelly, but showing them that they are people too and deserve a good dinner. I'm sure everyone's painfully aware of the war that's happening in Ukraine. such a sad situation and unbelievable that this kind of thing can even happen. Just as a brief rundown, and I'm painting this with a very broad brush, the president of Russia... Vladimir Putin, has ordered troops to invade neighboring Ukraine. According to Putin, this is to liberate the people of the country, many of whom are ethnic Russians, from the Nazification of the country by the current Ukrainian government. This, of course, is an absolute lie. Putin's actual goal would appear to be to return the Ukraine to a subservient country under Russian control as a buffer to NATO, much like during the days of The USSR. The reality is that this is a full scale invasion by Russia of a sovereign country. And Russia has not only been targeting the Ukrainian military, but has been attacking civilian populations directly, shelling areas known to be residential areas. The loss of life and the destruction of Ukraine's infrastructure is heartbreaking. The pictures coming out of Ukraine seriously just make us cry. So much devastation and destruction, and every day it just seems to be getting worse. And don't worry, there's light to be found in this, and I'll be getting to that in just a minute. I just think it's important to understand a little more about Ukraine. So first, where is it? Honestly, my knowledge, you know this is terrible, of geography of Eastern Europe is definitely not as strong as it should be. Before all of this I know I couldn't have picked Ukraine out on a map. It's the second largest country in Eastern Europe after Russia. Russia borders Ukraine on the east and northeast. Belarus also borders Ukraine on the north. Poland, Slovakia, and Hungary are to the west, and Romania and Moldova are to the south. It has a coastline on the Black Sea to the south as well. Like most countries in Europe, Ukraine has a very long and very complicated history. It was first established as a separate country following World War I in January of 1918. Following World War I, there was a socialist revolution in Russia, which ended the Russian Empire and the ruling Romanov family and laid the groundwork for the rise of the Soviet Union. Ukraine was absorbed into the Soviet Union in 1922 and did not get its independence from Russia until 1991. Oh, I didn't know that. During World War II, the Germans invaded Ukraine and laid siege to Kyiv. Just as a side note, many people know the capital of Ukraine as Kiev, which is a Russian pronunciation, versus Kyiv, which is the Ukrainian pronunciation. As my oldest son yeah. is big <laughs> to remind me of, because I interchange them.
0: Aww.
1: Also, it's just Ukraine, and not the Ukraine. Kyiv became famous in World War II for the Battle of Kyiv due to its fierce resistance to the invading Nazi army. Around 6 million Ukrainians were killed during World War II. 6 million. Oh my god. And it took decades wow. for Ukraine to recover. In 1989, the Soviet Union started to come apart. The Berlin Wall was torn down. The Soviet Union, under Mikhail Gorbachev, started major reforms. In 1991, Ukraine established its independence from the Soviet Union and Russia. Moving on from the Soviet Union was not easy for Ukraine, as they had an economic slowdown, which led to almost a decade-long recession. There was also a lot of political corruption and turmoil. Disputes with Russia didn't help things. Between 2006 and 2009, Russia choked off the supply of gas and oil to Ukraine, leading to a very difficult economic time for the, for Ukraine. In 2014, Russia invaded Ukraine to take control of the southern region of Ukraine called Crimea. This part of Ukraine is comprised of a lot of ethnic Russians, and many of those are ukrainian citizens wanted to become part of russia although only russia recognizes crimea as being part of russia it's been a continuing dispute and controversy since 2014 since that time ukraine has strengthened ties with other european countries in the european union in general so enough of the history lesson well, i
0: appreciate it though.
1: <laughs> um i tell you all of this and and researched all of it, figured it out as um, it helps to explain the context of what's going on. And really, this is about the spirit of the Ukrainian people and their leader, President Volodymyr Zelensky. Volodymyr Zelensky is not a guy you would expect to rise to power as a president of Ukraine, but he seems to be exactly the guy yeah. they need. Zelensky was born in 1978 in Ukraine, which was at the time party of the Soviet Union. His father was a professor and taught classes on cybernetics and computing hardware. His mother was also an engineer. So, wow. two smart parents. Yeah, definitely. Zelensky and his family are Jewish. His grandfather fought for the Soviets in World War II against the Germans... Well, his grandfather's father and three brothers were murdered in the Holocaust.
0: Aww.
1: He grew up speaking Russian, but also learned English at school and Ukrainian while growing up. He spent time living in Mongolia with his father, who was working there for about four years, which helped give him a broader cultural understanding of the world. He also went to law school.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't know that.
1: Um, earning a law degree, but never worked in the legal field. Zelensky's first love was comedy. When he was 17, he entered a local comedy competition and did well enough to get on the Ukrainian comedy team. Apparently, during this time, the Soviet Union had a comedy competition that was televised, and there were different regional comedy teams. This even survived the fall of the Soviet Union, and the comedy competition continued. Like sports teams, this comedy competition, known as KVN, had different divisions, and Zelensky eventually made it into the... Major leagues. Wow. You know, the, I'm yeah. saying that with the, with the... And in 1997, his team won the competition. He used his newfound fame to start his own comedy group. And from 1998 to 2003, the team competed to um, in the major leagues of KVN and toured around the former Soviet Union countries. In 2003, his comedy group started producing TV shows. Also in 2003, Zelensky married his wife, Alina, whom he had met in school. They had their first child... Alessandra in 2004 and their son, Kirilo in 2013. So not only did Zelensky do comedy, he was an actor, did voice work, was a sometimes singer, and a pretty good dancer. Maybe a bit better than a pretty good dancer, actually, because in 2006, he won the Ukrainian version of Dancing with the Stars. It's a very different image of a young Zelensky dressed head to toe in hot pink fringe pants dancing to Elvis's blue suede shoes than what you're seeing now on the news today you can find videos on YouTube and honestly it's worth it to look it up because they're pretty fun to watch the guy can definitely dance in 2008 Zelensky started to act in movies mostly romantic comedies that did well which now I want to see He also was the voice of Paddington Bear in oh. the Ukrainian dub of the Paddington Bear movies. I love Which Paddington I haven't seen Bear. those. I have. Oh. Cute? Were they cute? They're really cute.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a Paddington Bear fan. Okay.
1: Friend. I could see that. Yeah. His entertainment group also produced other films, cartoons, and TV shows in Ukraine. In two thousand fourteen, Zelensky took his first steps in the political arena. He took a public stand against the Ukrainian Ministry of Culture's move to ban Russian artists from the Ukraine. Keep in mind, this was during the time Russia was taking over Crimea, region of Ukraine. As a result, one of Zelensky's romantic comedy movies was banned by the Ukrainian government. Around the same time, his media group donated around a million Ukrainian dollars to the Ukrainian army, getting Russia politicians to petition to get his work banned in Russia. Now, here's where things start getting a bit weird. In 2015, Zelensky created and started a television series called Servant of the People. In it, he plays a high school history teacher who lives at home with his parents, who makes a political rant about the corruption on the Ukrainian government during class. So a student films it, puts it up on YouTube, thrusting the poor history teacher into the political spotlight, which eventually gets him to unexpectedly win the election for president of Ukraine. The comedy follows the newly elected president trying to stumble through the political obstacles while doing the right thing, particularly taking on corruption in the Ukrainian government. The show ran from October 2015 to March 2019. So, in one of the most dramatic examples of life imitating art... Yeah. ...in 2018, Zelensky and his production company registered a new political party in Ukraine...
0: Okay. ...called
1: Servant of the People, named after Zelensky's popular TV show, which I think That's, is brilliant, yeah. really. Although he'd not announced running for any office by October of 2018, six months before the 2018 presidential election, he was already polling as the front runner in the election on December 31st, 2018... Less than four months before the election, Zelensky announced his candidacy for president of Ukraine on a New Year's Eve broadcast he was participating in. His campaign was almost entirely virtual, running through social media and YouTube, which I think is a sign of the times.
0: Yeah, very. His
1: live appearances took on more of a stand-up comedy act than a traditional political rally. His campaign was based mainly on anti-establishment and anti-corruption. His goal was to bring professional, decent people into politics. He wanted to restore confidence in the government and bring investments into Ukraine. I think this is brilliant. Yeah. Zelensky beat the incumbent president, Petro Poroshenko, by almost 73% of the vote. Wow. Zelensky was inaugurated on May 20th, 2019, as the first Jewish president of the Ukraine. As one of the first acts, he dissolved the Ukrainian parliament and called for new elections in an attempt to root out corruption. He also took steps to remove legal immunity for lawmakers and judges, which had shielded these officials from any consequences He's from, you man know, of from action. He for is, sure. due to corruption. He moved to take funds from lavish parades that had been used to honor military veterans and instead used those funds to actually benefit the veterans with health care and other aid, yeah. which, once again, right. is what should be done. He also tried to expand access to media, which has largely been controlled by Ukrainian oligarchs and the political elite. Obviously, I'm only skimming things with the President Zelensky's presidency because I want to focus on President Zelensky's leadership in the current Ukrainian-Russian war. The Russians started building up military assets on the Ukrainian border in August of 2021 President Zelensky started reaching out to the other world leaders in NATO in order to try to de-escalate the situation. He tried to negotiate with Russia, as well as even made a direct appeal to the people of Russia to prevent an armed conflict. He really made an effort to solve this diplomatically, knowing the invasion by Russia was pretty much inevitable. On February 24, 2022, Putin declared that he was initiating a special military operation in the Ukraine and tanks and troops started across the Ukrainian border. And while Putin said he would only attack military sites, almost immediately missiles hit civilian targets. Putin has tried to spin this to the world and the Russian people as a limited mission to liberate the citizens of Ukraine from a Nazi government. The fact that the president of Ukraine is Jewish and that nothing about the Ukrainian government is remotely like the Nazis is, you know, totally ignored. Zelensky addressed his nation, indicating that Russia had invaded and that he was a top target of the Russian military. He also stated that despite that, he would stand with his people and stay with his country. In a response to the United States when they offered to get Zelensky and his family out of the Ukraine, Zelensky said in a quote that is already famous, The fight is here. I need ammunition, not a ride. Zelensky has harnessed social media to keep in touch with the people of Ukraine and the world by making public statements of support to the Ukrainian people and pleas on their behalf for help from the rest of the world. We Ukrainians are a peaceful nation, but if we remain silent today, we will be gone tomorrow. Unlike so many other leaders before him, Zelensky's not holed up in a presidential palace somewhere. There has been much coverage of him in military gear, meeting with soldiers and citizens like in active military zones. He's on the ground with his military leading from the front. And wow. this is why yeah. I just admire this guy. At the time this is being recorded, there have already been three assassination attempts on his life. In fact, one of the difficulties, you know, in doing this story we talked about. Yeah. It's very real that by time this goes live, he could have, have, it could have been successful and he could be dead. But I just have to believe that that will not happen and he'll make it through. So far, despite the might of one of the world's largest militaries attacking, Ukraine has been amazingly resistant. Cities are being bombed, civilians are being targeted, and yet Ukraine does not give up. Ukrainians from all over the world are returning to Ukraine to defend it. Citizen militias yeah. have been formed with everyone from teenagers. I mm-hmm. saw yeah. like this model. Yeah. showed her in, like she was Miss Ukraine. Wow, showed her in her bikini and then showed her with her <laughs> her fatigues. Right, she's ready to fight for her country. So from teenagers to retirees in their eighties. Pretty much anyone who can handle a gun is taking up arms. Distilleries have stopped making vodka and other spirits or joining forces with citizens to make Molotov cocktails for militia members to use to destroy vehicles and hamper Russian troops. Just the other day, 10 Russian troops were captured in an elevator when they tried going to the roof of an office building to take up sniper positions. The building security saw them getting into the elevator and shut down power locking them inside militia groups made up of farmers had captured they've captured tanks and missile launchers when they have been bogged down in muddy fields i just love that these people are coming together yeah and while ukraine has its military forces ordinary citizens are rising up to defend their country and president zelensky has to be given some of the credit for this he's leading from the front and inspiring always the leader you know yeah i i agree The videos of these people sending their children off to other countries while they stay and fight is just heartbreaking. I mean, my heart goes out to these brave people. And it's not just men staying and fighting. There are young men and women out there there were people who have never spent a day in the military going out and fighting the Russian army. No,
0: I, it's a, it's a, it's just, it's hard to get your head. around. It it. is.
1: It is. I, it doesn't feel real. There's one story about a guy in his eighties who showed up with a little suitcase of personal items. He was ready to fight. He's proud of his country. He wants it, you know, to defend his country. And even the non-combatants are so brave. A whole children's hospital had to be evacuated because of bombing and they moved the patients underground into a subway for shelter the doctors and nurses were down there in makeshift bomb shelters continuing to care and comfort these sick kids i saw a picture of a teacher still running school right underground
0: still trying to carry on
1: i know and zelensky is there encouraging his people this 44 year old president is addressing his fellow ukrainians on social media giving words of support and providing updated information in an onslaught of russian propaganda these aren't highly polished studio addresses, obviously. We've right. seen them. Yeah, He's shooting these on his iPhone, sometimes in an office, but often in the streets among both troops and citizens. We are here. Our military is here. Citizens in society are here. We are all defending our independence, our country, and it will stay this way. This guy, brave. Yeah, beyond totally brave. His leadership style is uncommon for modern politicians, and Russian President Putin has had very unfavorable comparisons. When you see Zelensky running around in the street, you can't help but compare him to Vladimir Putin, who looks like a supervillain in his bunker, <laughs> yeah. isolated, sitting at, you know, those shows long, the pictures, tables, those and long and tables.
0: And the other, the rest of the.
1: Wait, at the other end. end. Yeah. Why does he need that? I don't know. But isolated sitting at his long table, said David. Patrick Carracos, a British journalist covering the invasion. He's saying, I'm your president. I'm not hiding. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not behind the desk or wearing a suit. I'm here with the risk of being killed like everybody else. Hampus Knutson, a crisis communication specialist, says, It's always more important what you do than what you say. Zelensky does what he says he shows both action and heroism the exact kind of behavior he wants from both his population and the outside world It increases the chances of getting just that the spirit of the Ukrainian people is so incredibly inspiring to me oh. people from every walk of life are joining together to defend their people to defend their homes against a force that can only be described as evil I mean we just yeah. don't have words for it the unprovoked attack on Ukraine and the capture of Ukrainian cities and citizens. Is this wrong, <laughs> I, I I just don't get it. The destruction of vital infrastructure, the targeting of residential areas and hospitals, and the use of illegal weapons, such as cluster bombs, are clear war crimes under international law. But the Ukrainian people still fight, and they have actually held back the Russian military in a fashion that was wholly unexpected by the world and by Russia. I fear for these people and I hope more help comes to them from the world. I understand it's more complicated, you know, that I can wrap my head around and fears of another world war, preventing more direct aid. But what's going on in Ukraine is simply wrong. I have no idea how this will turn out, but the cost to human life has already been too great. Millions of Ukrainians have been displaced and an untold number have died. There have been many losses on the Russian side, too. Many of those soldiers on the Russian side have no idea what they're even fighting for and simply want to go home. I saw a beautiful picture of a captured Russian soldier. The Ukrainians gave him tea and let him Aww. call his mother.
0: Oh, my gosh. And so yeah. That speaks he, to the people. Yeah,
1: he didn't want to be there. Despite heavy economic sanctions on Russia, Putin does not appear to be giving up. I certainly hope this changes soon, but I fear it will not unless the rest of the world takes a more direct stand against the unjust unilateral attack on Ukraine. My hopes are with the spirit of the Ukrainian people. We talk a lot about people having heart, grit, and determination, and those, I mean, the Ukrainian people are shining examples of that. I'm so inspired with President Zelensky and his love and encouragement for his people. He not only stands for his people, he stands with them, with courage, in a way we haven't seen in a long time. I d- I yeah. can't think of the last time I've seen this, if I ever have. Despite his background in comedy, <laughs> there's nothing funny about how right. this man loves this country. And I just, I so admire him and definitely prayers for the people. I know that people around the world are looking for ways to help people in the Ukraine right now. And I came across a great list of recommendations from A amightygirl.com, um, one of them being Save the Children. As part of their emergency appeal to help the children of Ukraine, Save the Children is fundraising for immediate needs like food, water, hygiene kits, and clothing, shelter suitable for the freezing temperatures in the region. They're also providing psychosocial support to help children deal with the trauma of the invasion in their flight from Ukraine and cash assistance to help families in need. So that's on the Ukrainian Crisis Relief Fund. There's also UNICEF who has been scaling up their operations in response to the conflict. They've set up 26 blue dot safe centers in border centers at entry points and other strategic locations in Poland, Romania, Moldova, and other countries to provide delivery of emergency services in coordination with national and local authorities in countries bordering Ukraine. Each hub can support up to 5,000 people per day. They're also mobilizing health resources to ensure refugee children will have access to medical care and delivering up to four tons of hygiene products like diapers, wipes, and disinfectants to each center at the time. There's also the International Committee of the Red Cross. In Ukraine, the Red Cross has been distributing critical medical supplies, particularly ones required urgently, like insulin. They pass out water, food, and hygiene kits up to 4,000 a day at each location and provide war-wounded kits to hospitals treating patients with burns, gunshot wounds, and other violent trauma. They're also working to establish communications between separated family members, hoping to reunite as many people with their loved ones as possible. If you get on the website, amightygirl.com, they have five different organizations, all um, have been checked and properly vetted. We'll also put the links up on our... If we come under attack, if we face an attempt to take away our country, our freedom, our lives, and the lives of our children, we will defend ourselves. When you attack us, you will see our faces, not our backs, but our faces. Woldemir Zelensky.
0: Well, you know, the people of Ukraine have been on my heart and mind. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I'm sure many others all over the world this past week as Russia invaded their land. It's really unconscionable. I heard about two Portlanders here in, here in Oregon offering their support. One is Portland artist Tatiana Astapenko was born and raised in Ukraine and left 20 years ago. Tatiana says, "It's my home. It's where all my childhood and formative years are. It's an intrinsic part of me." Her paintings are inspired by her homeland. They are beautiful scenes of Ukraine. One I liked in particular is of three women standing holding bouquets of flowers. She is selling every piece of her artwork to raise money for global giving fund, a nonprofit helping with the relief efforts in Ukraine. Another Portlander uh, helping to raise money for Ukraine is Gifford's Flowers. I love this. A shop owner, Laura Gifford Kerr, said we just need, we just saw a need and we were like, how can we give back in a way we know how? And she was inspired by Ukraine's national flower, which is a sunflower. Mm-hmm. So all sunflower sales, 100% of profits through March goes to to, um, direct relief, an organization helping cover medical needs. Then finally, in Episode 5, we talked about uh, Marcus Samuelson, his involvement with World uh, Central Kitchen during COVID. He had converted his restaurants. Red Rooster in Harlem, Marcus BMP and in Newark, and then the Red Rooster in Miami into community kitchens that partnered with World Central Kitchen, and they ended up serving over 230,000 meals to those in need. The founder of World uh, Central Kitchen, Spanish-American chef Jose Andres, is in the Ukraine On the front line, he's serving hot meals of chicken, rice, and vegetables Mm. at the border of Ukraine and Poland. Serious hero right there. Yeah, totally. He also made a delivery of flour to a bakery run by Caritas International. It's a Catholic charity. Uh, Russian's invasion has led to a flour shortage, even though the country is one of the largest wheat producers in the world. Jose Mm. had to rent a car in Poland where he was staying and then transfer the bags to another vehicle inside Ukraine. Sadly, the flour didn't cover the needs of the bakery It's trying to feed those um, fleeing. He transported 440 pounds. I mean, that sounds like a lot of flour. But besides the flour mission, uh, World Central Kitchen is also financially helping restaurants in five cities and two border crossings. Just the hearts of these individuals and their call to action just inspired me.
1: I saw two pals as they're doing a day in March. Okay. here, um, their online... Um, We'll have to put that on our website because their online um, purchases, a portion of it, will be going to a Ukrainian um, charity. So. Good people out there on hard times. It is during our darkest moments that we must focus to see the light. Aristotle.
0: Thanks for listening to Tangential Inspiration. We really want to hear from you. Email us your comments or story suggestions at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com or leave a comment on our website, tangentialinspiration.com. Our website has all our podcast episodes, show notes,
1: stories, follow-ups, and links to websites and books we talk about. Like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, and you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week.